Hello, welcome to the Mindful Motherhood Podcast. I invite you to stop, breathe, and mindfully explore ways to better understand and manage the daily struggles of motherhood. I'm your host, Maggie Metz. Today, we continue our nine-part series on the Enneagram with a brief mindfulness exercise and a conversation with Caitlin Srauer about navigating motherhood as an Enneagram 5. I invite you now to practice a mindful reflection. If you are able, find a comfortable seated position. Roll your shoulders up, back, and down away from your ears. Close your eyes. Now begin taking deep cycles of breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. Do your best to maintain these deep cycles of breath throughout the exercise. Often one of the deepest struggles in life for an Enneagram 5 is being lost in their own head on an endless search for more knowledge. Today we're going to practice a positive affirmation perfectly suited for an Enneagram 5. I am mindfully present. Whether you are undoubtedly an Enneagram 5, unsure of your Enneagram number, or still find yourself confused as to what exactly this whole Enneagram thing is all about, this affirmation can help you to see yourself in a more positive light. We are going to repeat this affirmation three times, taking a deep, cleansing breath in between each repetition. So begin by taking a deep breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. Then repeat after me, either mindfully or out loud. I am mindfully present. Take a deep breath. And again, I am mindfully present. Deep breath. One last time. I am mindfully present. Now take another deep cleansing breath, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. Maintain these deep cycles of breath as you reflect on ways that you can be mindfully present. How can you practice presence? How can you be fully present in the moment, right here, right now? 
simply reflect on these things for a few moments. Notice any feelings and emotions that arise within as you continue to reflect on the ways in which you can be mindfully present. Continue deep breathing, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose as you allow yourself to mindfully rest in this space for one more deep cycle of breath. Now start to bring awareness to your body. Notice how you feel seated in an upright position. The same position in which you started this exercise. Notice places where tension still resides as well as places where tension has been released. Gently and without any judgment at all, compare how you feel now to how you felt at the beginning of the practice. Hopefully, after practicing this positive affirmation, you find yourself feeling more mindful and present. Feel free to pause here and practice this affirmation for as long as you'd like. But when you're ready to move on, take one more deep, cleansing breath and open your eyes to a soft gaze. This mindfulness exercise is a way to practice mindful presence wherever you are, especially for an Enneagram 5 who tends to stay inside their own head. It is important to remember that you can be mindfully present in this moment. Today we have Caitlin Strauer with us to talk about her journey of motherhood through the lens of an Enneagram 5. Caitlin is mama to two boys and wife of almost eight years to a Mediterranean restaurant and pita bakery owner who loves working on cars and playing video games in his spare time. Caitlin is a marriage and family therapist who is currently staying at home with her two boys. In her spare time, she loves reading, perusing bookstores, and drinking coffee. Her favorite food is cookie cake, and her favorite fictional character is Draco Malfoy because she loves the Harry Potter series and misunderstood villains have always been her favorite. Caitlin is a considerate, contemplative, quick-witted woman, and I'm so blessed to know her in real life. I'm certain the words that she has to offer will be a blessing to you today. So, without further ado, Caitlin, welcome to the Mindful Motherhood Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I love the Enneagram, so I'm excited to talk about it. Yes, I'm really excited to have you here with me and thankful to know you. You're actually <laughs> the only 
five mom that I know. Uh, <laughs> and so very thankful to have you in my life. Even though we live far, you're always near and dear to my heart. Oh, thank you. You are for me too. All right, Caitlin, why don't you start off just by telling us a little bit about your motherhood journey up to now? Well, let's see. My husband and I got married in 2014, and we had already been together maybe five years at that point. So kids were always in our future. We had always talked about it, but we had never really talked about when. Mm -hmm. Um, So my, it's kind of silly, but in 20, uh, maybe 16, my brother called me and told me that he and his wife were going to pursue adoption again. And so this would be their third child. And I don't know why, but after that conversation, I went to my husband, Johnny, and just said, my brother's about to have three kids. What are we waiting on? Like, we need to (laughs) just do this. And about a month later, I was pregnant with our oldest son, River. Hmm. And then almost um, four years later, pregnant with Noah. And he just turned one. So that's where we are now. It was fast. We were ready. And I will say that both pregnancies were they were great and normal. Uh, I was really blessed with that. Mm-hmm. But both deliveries were very traumatic. Uh-huh. And uh, Noah's especially, we he was a a forceps delivery and mm-hmm. he wasn't um, responsive at first. Wow. So that was, it was just super scary. And then we went home with COVID. <laughs> oh. So yeah, my mom was at home with with our oldest and she got very sick. So my recovery was a lot harder than it than it would have been, I think, yeah. because it was just a lot taking care of, of everyone with COVID and newborn. Right. Um yeah, so I I realized pretty quickly after that that I was having postpartum anxiety mm. for sure. That lasted a while. It took a long time to to look back at those pictures from the beginning and not feel like a sense of anxiety or panic. We're recovered and much healthier now. And it's just, you know, so much good and still blessed for sure. It was just kind of a some downs, that's for sure. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a rough start, but I'm glad yeah. better now. Yes, much. Good. So Enneagram fives are often categorized as the investigator and described as being perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. So which of these characteristics do you identify with? And how do these tendencies present challenges as you navigate motherhood? You know, I'd say I definitely identify with all of them, really, but especially perceptive, secretive, and isolated. I mm-hmm. I, I can give you some examples. I perceptive is a is a word I've heard my whole life. My mom mm-hmm. um, and close friends always use that as something to describe me. So going into therapy was very natural. For me, I always felt like it was 
a good fit um, because we, as fives, usually we're more of a watch and learn person Mm -hmm. versus a participating person. So because of that, when we do participate, it's usually pretty accurate, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, because you've already thought through everything. Yeah, we're just kind of always observing, um, investigating, basically, you know, analyzing. Uh So therapy really fit me very well. But I would say like as a mother, I'm really hoping it helps me when my kids are teens, especially because I got away with way too much as a teenager, (laughs) my poor parents. Um, So I'm hoping that I might be like able to pick up on stuff a little easier than they did, but that'd be nice. (laughs) Right. Hopeful thinking. But right now at this age, it it does get me into trouble sometimes with my four-year-old because I'll often like feel his feelings and think that I know what's going on. So I will identify and explain them for him instead of letting him just figure it out. So I have to kind of be careful, assuming that I know exactly how he's feeling Mm -hmm. in whatever situation, because sometimes he'll get frustrated with me and say, that's not what I'm saying. And I have to step back and be like, oh, oops, okay, let him, you know, work it out (laughs) on his own. So perceptive is, it plays a part for sure. Mm -hmm. I would say secretive it's it's obviously got a negative connotation, I think, for most people. Yes. But for me, secretive isn't particularly negative because fives often use secretive like behaviors as a safety net. So mm-hmm. for me, it comes into play when I'm just like struggling at being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So um, I can kind of turn into myself and not let much out as a way of like shoring up my defenses kind of thing. Hmm. And I, in a way, this can be a bit self-destructive, especially within motherhood, because it really came into play when I was experiencing the postpartum anxiety after having Noah. So I knew, you know, the healthy things that I needed to do to feel better, which is like, you know, have a safe person and talk about my feelings and get it out. And which was just for me, like I even have my safe people, especially my husband um, during that time that I, but I still, it was just like torture to try and get me to talk about, you know, feelings when I was feeling so out of control at the time. Yeah. So I just, that was actually part of my motivation for agreeing to, you know, talk in the podcast because Mm -hmm. it feels really weird for me to be vulnerable, but I know that I have to like lean into that and be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's just kind of what life is sometimes. And to be, you know, just own my feelings. Mm -hmm. I love that you doing that could potentially help another mom who's listening to this to feel seen. Yeah. I know how fast postpartum depression and anxiety can spiral Mm. out of control for people. And it's so important to just know that like 
you're not by yourself and that it's not weird to have these feelings and it it's not, you know, something like you're a bad person or a bad mom or any of those things. And yeah, just had to, had to work on getting it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And I am so thankful for your vulnerability and that I think maybe aside from twos, fives might be one of the numbers that would find it the hardest to seek help. Yeah. Specifically in this time of early motherhood when they're just feeling so spent already. It's like, how do I spend more to reach out to somebody to process these things that are overwhelming to me when even just to process them with somebody else is going to further overwhelm me? Yes. Yeah. And for fives, it can be one of the weirdest feelings because you're just, you're so used to processing within your own head. Mm -hmm. And most of the time that works for us and we can work through most um, discomfort and whatever icky feelings we're having on our own. But postpartum stuff is just a whole nother beast. And it's not a bad thing, you know, to get help and to know that it's okay to not do it on your own, which is what fives are just kind of known for to just go at it alone. Yes. Yeah. That isolate, isolated piece. Yes. Right. And I, I just want my kids to know, you know, that they can feel their feelings and it's not scary or it doesn't have to be scary to do that. And to know that like, you'll have a safe place to land if you do let them out. Mm-hmm. In whatever way you need to, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. And I also want to go back and highlight something else you said, because it's become somewhat of a life mantra for me and maybe something similar in meaning to you. Uh, you said to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that is something that we were taught in our master's program together. Yeah. But I think that is a great little bit for fives. Yeah. Because in order to do the important work that needs done, Mm -hmm. you have to get comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. And I think it basically ties right into that third one, that isolated feeling mm-hmm. because fives are just like, we're known for being naturally good at setting boundaries for ourselves, but you run into trouble when the boundaries are too restrictive and that happens when you're uncomfortable. And, you know, for me, my boundaries are usually around how much energy I feel like I can experience expend, Mm -hmm. you know, in one day or in one situation or whatever. So if I'm not doing a good job of setting aside time for myself to like retreat or have a break, those things negatively can affect my kids because I'll be less patient and I'm definitely not as fun as I would be if I feel like my cup isn't full. Right. So Right now, I've been doing this by by structuring my day to have spots of alone time or quiet time. Mm -hmm. I'm like not shy about having 
my older son watch TV while the other one's napping so I can be left alone, basically. You know, I can escape into a book or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my toddler also has daily quiet time where he plays with toys in his room independently. Mm-hmm. And technically I have Noah with me during that time, but it's not true alone time, but it still gives me a break from all the, the constant talking and questions, you know, that yes. they throw at you all day. Yeah. So I try to carve out these moments that I can kind of live in my head for a while so that I can get back to being comfortable so that I have even the energy to deal with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's so great. It sounds like you're just intentional about even giving yourself just a little piece of what you need to help get you through the rest of the day. Yeah. When your kids are little, man, you got to you got to find ways to keep yourself as sane and healthy as possible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's just like a tiny little taste, even though you yeah. want a whole piece of pie, you give yourself just this little taste to yes. survive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get yeah. you to bedtime. <laughs> yes. That's so good. Yeah. How has your identification as an Enneagram 5 impacted your journey of self-exploration? And how has it affected the way that you approach motherhood? Learning about the Enneagram really helped me because I always felt like I had some hard edges. Uh, You know, I just I could be really blunt or uh, not super tolerant of emotions from others. And I would then kind of hold myself at a distance from other people that weren't within a tight circle I already had. So it kind of helped me learn about why I felt this way and where it came from. And then start like living in a way that allowed safety for my feelings and not stay so isolated all the time. I guess as a mom, it gives me confidence to like own my feelings and ask for help when I need it and really like lean into the safe people around me. Mm -hmm. And of course, that has then benefited my marriage because my husband is definitely a feeler. And so that then benefits my kids. And I want my kids to know, you know, they can feel the big stuff Mm -hmm. and even show it if they want to, even if you know, their mommy doesn't do that so well. (laughs) So, you know, it's a, it's a learning curve for sure, but I really feel like it has helped me be okay with me really. Uh, Just your awareness of that and your ability to say, just because mommy doesn't show it all the time. Yeah. Um, First of all, hopefully they know that that doesn't mean that you don't feel those same feelings like that. You're not just like indifferent because you're certainly not. You have a huge heart and you love them and you you feel the same pain that they feel when they're feeling it. Right. Then at the same time for you to say and for you to validate their feelings when they are feeling those big feelings is. Yeah such a beautiful gift that they have from you and especially in your fiveness because some fives might not even know to be cautious of that 
Mm-hmm. So I think it's really special that you are so aware of that and that you are being intentional to help them to know and to coach them kind of through those big emotions and training them from an early age. Like it's okay to feel this and to express it. Right. I just want to like always be that safe place for them because they are literally probably the only people that I'm like, yes, have the big emotion, throw it all over me. I'll be fine. You know, (laughs) because with other people, that's not as easy. And so I just want them to like, you know, everybody expresses their emotions differently. They can figure out what works for them and that's okay. And that I will be there either way and help them through it so that they feel the safety that I kind of could question before for myself. Wow. Yeah. That's such a beautiful way to, I think, educate them really like, yeah. And not that your parents didn't do an amazing job. They likely didn't know that you had that struggle. Right. Yeah. I mean, and my mom is a huge feeler and my dad, he, he's a one. So he was very like kind of black and white. So he wasn't as good as the, at the emotion part of it, but he was always safe. And Mm -hmm. my mom was always, I mean, she's a two. So, Mm -hmm. so they just like, you know, this from your last one, but that she just like, I mean, she would do anything and everything for me. She was incredible. and. I know that even now, you know, she's my, one of my best friends. And so, yeah, I think they just, I don't know if it was because they both had big feelings that I reacted to that by not having as big of feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still, you know, trying to figure out sort of where some of that comes from. And that's just the beauty of learning about it. But Uh yeah, they were, they were great. And just, I don't think they even knew any of that. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I just, again, I'm so appreciative of your willingness to like meet me here and have yeah. a conversation because especially for a five, this is so sacred. And these words that you're sharing are invaluable. And I just feel like real lucky (laughs) to know you and that you would be willing to go here with me so oh well it's you Maggie (laughs) anything for me right yeah pretty much (laughs) oh gosh I love you (laughs) Caitlin what are some resources or words of encouragement that you can offer other mamas who might identify with some of the challenges of being an Enneagram five? I would say fives love to gather knowledge and Mm -hmm. it can be really empowering to make that knowledge about you. So Mm -hmm. I'd really encourage them to dig in and start learning about the Enneagram if it interests them to challenge themselves and There are so many good Enneagram books and so many good Instagram accounts. One of my favorite ones is Enneagram and Marriage. It has shown a light on my own marriage and how we do things, how we could better do things. Even learning about my parents has been really cool. 
Hmm. Uh, so I would encourage them to go that way. And then also I have to plug therapy, of course, because <laughs> it helps so much to have someone who is like in your corner and truly wants to help you grow and feel safe. And I think aside from that, the last thing I'd say to a five is just to know that there is nothing wrong with needing time and space to live in your head and have peace for a little while. You deserve to restore your energy and your babies will benefit from you caring for yourself in that way and, and loving on yourself a bit. And moms do not do that enough. Yeah, that's really, really kind. Uh, that last part, just kind of this release to turn inward. Not that we want to get stuck there or, or that right. five want to get stuck there, but to allow yourself and even maybe build in a set time like every day yeah. or every other day, if that's what your schedule allows. But just to soak that in, I think that's such a, a beautiful encouragement. Just own it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely going to link that Instagram account in the episode notes. Yeah, I don't think so I've good. even heard of that one. So Enneagram and Marriage. I'll definitely yeah, have she's, to follow She's that. a Christian lady and she's, it's just so great. Hmm. Okay, awesome. Caitlin, thank you so much for chatting with me today and for sharing a little piece of your motherhood journey with us. Thank you for having me and making me be brave and step up. I really enjoyed talking to you, especially about the Enneagram, but especially to you. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yeah, of course. And I am always going to be willing to draw out of you because (laughs) though you might be a woman of fewer words than I, the words that you have to say are always just so refreshing to my soul. So (laughs) count on me to draw out of you. (laughs) good I I love it it's okay (laughs) yes thank you so much Caitlin love you I love you too thank you thanks for listening and for taking the time to pause and turn inward today it is so important to remember to take care of yourself in the midst of caring for everyone else A special thanks to Caitlin for being willing to share with us about her journey of motherhood. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss a single mindful moment. For more mindful motherhood content, you can find me on Instagram at Maggie Metz. Until next time, be mindful, mama.